forever. Dog. Just between us. Hey. Just between us. Hey. Hello. I'm Allison Raskin. I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and half vaccinated. Hey, I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, bisexual icon, wink, and I hear music in my head all the time. That's exciting. Thanks. It's not <laughs> good music. Wait, so 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 you got half the vaccine? I did. I did. Um, How'd it go? It was good. I I originally felt hesitant to to do it because technically I was eligible because um, I teach at USC and educators are eligible in California. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like I teach over Zoom. So I was mm-hmm. like, am I taking advantage of the system? But then it became clear that, you know, the best thing you can do for for herd immunity is if you're eligible to just get it. So I got it at a CVS two hours away in an area mm. of California I have never heard of. And I, I went there and within five minutes of walking into the CVS, I had gotten it. And and then I sat in a chair for 15 minutes and then I drove two hours home. Well, when do you get the second one? April 9th. Okay. Do you have any side effects? Um, so I did it really for the first one. Um, so we're recording this on March 26th for reference. For the first one, I just had a sore arm, but people tend to have the side effects after the second one, mm-hmm. unless they've already had COVID, then I think you can have side effects after the first one. Mm. And so my sister has told me she she's gotten it and she had a, a terrible 24 hours afterward. Really? I'm choosing to be optimistic about it. I'm lucky that I'm getting it on a Friday afternoon. So I'm just like Mm -hmm. making no plans for that Saturday. I'm Mm -hmm. hoping that it will pass quickly. But mostly I'm just excited to be fully vaccinated. And I'm excited for everyone to get vaccinated. and, Mm -hmm. and, And I'm basically just sharing this as a PSA where if you're eligible, don't feel guilty about getting it and just get it. And if you're able to get it, if you're able to go to a place that's giving it out and they have extras at the end of the day, just go and do that. Like mm-hmm. the best thing that you can do is just get the shot. Because um, mm-hmm. at this point, there's enough shots for everybody. It's really just about getting it to people. This is a very L.A. problem. I have filler in my face. <laughs> and there has been some chatter of uh, people with lip fillers or cheek fillers having side effects of like swelling in their filler. <laughs> oh, really? Uh-huh. And I wanted to go get more. And I've been on hold because people have said you get affected by the vaccine. So I imagine half or 75% of Hollywood is just going to have like a bee sting of a face. <laughs> I have um, cheek filler and lip filler. And so I am I am curious of what will happen. <laughs> is it after the first shot or after the second shot or both? Or I've seen some doctors on TikTok, which I know doesn't sound real, but it is. And then I also have seen people like making jokes about like, oh, my God, we're going to find out who has had work done. <laughs> it's me. I have had work done. <laughs> but didn't you just get it? You already want to go back and get more? Oh, yeah. Is it to maintain it or to get it more poofy? More. What is- more. I want my lips to be a little bit bigger. It gave me like definition of my cheekbones and I want like more. And then you start picking. This is so bad. You start picking things apart where you're like, what is this line? Why is this line here? Let's get rid of it. Like, it's not great. What does Mal think about this slippery slope <clears throat> that you're going down? Well, I've always said that I was going to do it. But there's some questions of whether or not it is connected to dysphoria in some ways. It's happening around the same time as some gender stuff for me. And so the question that Mal has had and the concern that Mal has had is if I am doing it in because of a disconnect to my looks and if I am sort of almost doing it as like a bit because I'm so disconnected from like if I'm going to look feminine, it may as well be a bit. Versus like, if I actually am connected to the look of it, it's hard to explain. I like want to look like a cartoon of a woman. And like, Mal's like, maybe you should unpack that before you do all these things. Mm -hmm. What does your therapist say? I haven't told her. (laughs) 
show about me bit misbehaving. <laughs> uh, I haven't told her. Did you tell her when you got it done the first time? No. She knows about the like gender stuff, but no, I have not told her. No, I got my I got the the filler done in like December. That long no. ago? January. I ha- I did not. I have not told her. I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. She <laughs> listens to this podcast and just goes, okay, so everything you tell me in session is like completely different than what you talk about on your show. So that's <laughs> so like your fan base kind of knows more about what's going on than I do. And that's like troubling. Um, but hopefully she doesn't listen to it. Yeah, I think like there is some element of avoidance in terms of like wanting to be I don't know I don't know it's hard to explain like maybe other people that listen to this have a better grasp on this than I do but yeah disconnect from from what you look like and also like wanting to look like a cartoon you know Mm. rather than looking like an actual person and having that be easier for me to swallow than just engaging with what I look like. (laughs) Okay. But on the other hand, I do think it looks good. Like I do like look like I like looking in the mirror and being like, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. In my head, it's the way that like gay guys get it done. Does that make sense? But then Mm -hmm. Mal's like, why are you you're like extra feminizing your face in a way that is seems like kind of funny to you, which is like (laughs) Like, I don't know. I'm also impulsive. So so maybe the fact that you're waiting this out because of the vaccine could be a good thing. Yeah, I did it. I The first time I went in, she did my cheeks and she was like, do you want to do your lips? And I really did, but I hadn't researched it enough. So I was like, no. I drove home being like, look at you. You have so much restraint. Oh my God, you've changed so much. You've grown, Gabby, like so happy. And then I went back a second time and I was like, okay, I've done the research and you can do my lips and I've taken, and I have all the medications and stuff laid out like ice and like Advil and like, what is it? Something for bruising. I was like, I have it this time. Like I prepared. I can list on one hand the number of times I've prepared in my life. (laughs) And so I was so proud of myself. Yeah, it's kind of silly, but I was like, look at me being responsible as I'm driving home from the plastic surgeon being like, I'm so responsible. Well, I think, you know, I think that time is a great indicator, you know, like, why not just wait three months and see how you feel? Just like wait three months and see if you feel the same way in three months. And if you still want in three months and do it. No, I'm the person who like buys the clothes and walks out of the store wearing the clothes. Like I'm like me five minutes ago. Who was that? I'm me now. But see, this idea of I'm the person is is harmful because you're trapping yourself into this idea of, of you're a certain type of person. And I think that that is very narrowing and puts you in a box. And you should always think of yourself as a person who's always growing and evolving. Anyway, this is just between <laughs> us, a variety show filled with heartfelt advice, ridiculous games and brutal, brutal honesty. I Look, man, I don't have it all worked out. I'm not a perfect person. I'm not a role model. I'm just keeping you guys abreast of what's going on with me. (laughs) No, I mean, look, but I just I do think that that you really hold on to this idea of who you are and even these negative ideas about who you are. Mm -hmm. And then it's because it's like you've created this brand idea of yourself that like sometimes I think gets in the way of of you growing because you're like, but I'm this type of person. But you Mm -hmm. don't have to be. No, I know. I used to think I was uptight, but I'm not. No. You know? Well, it's hard when you've curated a brand on and to feel a little bit sometimes like you've outgrown mm-hmm. your brand. But I did. I outgrew my brand. That's what I'm saying. But I, I have too, in the sense that like I'm, I think a lot calmer than I was. Although mm-hmm. if you're just tuning into this show and you've listened to this intro, <laughs> you're like this fucking chaotic person is saying that she's calmer than she was. I would recommend you go back and watch the beginning of Just Between Us, <laughs> compare that bitch to me and then see how much I've grown and changed. <laughs> but I think, you know, I think that, again, who knows about getting new pe- new followers, new fans, but mm-hmm. that's life is like we all grow, we all change and and. Mm-hmm. You know, part of like, because I teach this class at USC about like internet videos and finding your comedy voice online. And and the thing I say is like, it is super important to define your voice and figure out what your voice is. 
but also know that your voice is going to change Mm -hmm. and that's okay. So Mm -hmm. like, I understand like the fear of like feeling like you're pigeonholing yourself, Mm -hmm. but that's just for this moment and that Mm -hmm. can expand, that can change. I mean, look at somebody like Chrissy Teigen, you know, who Mm -hmm. like we thought of her one way, like she has grown and evolved so much in the public eye and like, Mm -hmm. She's making this decision to go off of Twitter where like a year ago, if you said Chrissy Teigen's going off of Twitter, you would have been like, what? But now it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense for her. You know what I I mean? I've deactivated my Twitter. Right. Like Twitter's gone. Totally. So in a year, you'll be able to snag at Gabby Dunn. (laughs) Um, So put it in your calendars, guys. Who's going to get it? (laughs) But just be open to the idea that your happiness is more important than your branding. Yeah, I know. That's true. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm in a long term relationship. I'm trying to like I'm I'm 32. I don't know. I mean, I, not that I'm monogamous, but you know what I mean? Like, it's a different it's a different mm-hmm. sitch. Yeah. We've got a wonderful episode for you guys this week. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking all about love at first sight for topics. And later, when we return from break, we're going to be answering a listener's question. So stick around. Just between us. Just between us. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Just Between Us. You know what time it is. Hit it. International question. International question. International question! Hey, North Carolina. Pages TLDR. How do I deal with confrontation? Hi, y'all. Long time, <laughs> so unnatural for me to say y'all. I've been trying to think, uh, this is such a tangent, but I've been trying to like use more, you know, like gender neutral language, yeah, inclusive yeah. language, and I'm trying to stop saying guys. I can't get away with y'all. Folks. Folks. Hey, folks. I can't get away with that either. I got to come up with something. They're all real. Like, they're all North Carolina. Yeah. I don't know what to say as a New Yorker. I'll I'll think on it. Right in. Anyway. Okay. Long time (laughs) listener and first time emailer. She, her. How do you deal with people confronting you, particularly in aggressive or passive aggressive ways? When people confront me about stuff in unkind ways, whether that be my father screaming at me for not respecting him enough, Hello, trauma. Or my roommate very rudely setting a boundary. It sends me spinning for days. I'm talking, sobbing, feeling like I'm going to throw up and having that interaction be all I can think about for a while. While I logically understand that the interaction isn't that big of a deal in the long run, I can't help but descend into an anxiety-filled pit where I am convinced I am unworthy of life itself, unlovable, and am just an overall cunt. Excuse my language. It just seems like the most accurate word. I like to act like I don't care what people think, which is true in some areas of my life, like my queerness and feminism. But sometimes things are triggering in ways that just don't make logical sense for me. How do I handle this? Let it go and keep my mind firm on my value as a person when stuff like this happens. Thank you so much for all the advice you give. You both bring me so much joy and laughter, even among some really rough times. I don't want to diagnose, but... Mal deals with this and it's uh, called rejection sensitivity or rejection sensitive ADHD. Um, It's a symptom of ADD or ADHD largely, but it's also a symptom of some other anxiety. Like there's different things that I don't know what page has, but there's different stuff that also is tied to rejection sensitivity. And it is more than just I don't like confrontation. It is more than just I don't like when someone corrects me. It's like physical in your body a trauma trigger response to any sort of thing that feels even close to rejection. It's it's not just like I don't like I'm uncomfortable with this or I don't like it's like an actual like mental physiological thing that happens for some people that you should Google and look up page because there's ways to there's like a lot of people deal with this like this is a very common thing where it goes beyond just I'm uncomfortable with confrontation. It's like an actual like diagnosable thing. I totally understand what Mal is talking about. But to me, that that feels like even when it is healthy confrontation, Mal is having those reactions. Mm-hmm. This feels like aggressive confrontation. It's sort of what Paige is describing. What are we saying is aggressive? I mean, I don't know. 
rudely setting a boundary is interesting language to me. Well, like her father screaming at her for not respecting him enough. Like to me, a lot of this feels like trauma response. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of like break these things down into like two. Like I want to think about like on the one hand, like a theoretical person who is just bad with confrontation in general. Mm -hmm. And then somebody maybe more like Paige who has perhaps had some trauma in her background. And and then in these aggressive ways, it really kind of like maybe triggers her trauma responses Mm -hmm. and then how to deal with that. So I I sort of see it twofold Mm -hmm. because I don't know necessarily if someone were to say to Paige, hey, like, is it possible for you to to park on the other side of the street just because it would be easier for me to get out of my driveway? if she would sob for a day. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I think that maybe it is just more like when it is, there's a level of like aggression there. But it's perception of aggression. If you, if someone setting a boundary feels mean to you, that's not necessarily true. Do you know what I mean? Like, but she literally says in unkind ways. So, but I'm just going to believe Paige. Like, I'm going to to address the other thing later where like it's all, all aspects of conflict. Yeah. But like, first, let's address unkind conflict. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And so I think that like, to me, what Paige is going through, like, it really feels like we just have potentially just like some untreated trauma stuff that's got to be worked through. A lot of times it feels like you can identify these. And again, I've only been through one year, a few months, <laughs> a plus of, of graduate school. Like I am not an expert. I am not a therapist. This is me mostly speaking out of my ass. But I, one of the things that I'm learning is that like, if you have untreated trauma, that stuff is going to come out in so many aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. So you might just be looking at this and being like, oh, okay, like I have an issue with confrontation. How do I address confrontation? When in reality, what you need to do is go back and work on your trauma. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like, I think that like the fact that it is bringing up such deep seated feelings for you of like unworthy of love itself, it makes you doubt your entire self worth that it like gets, you know, that it is like so hurtful to you on such a deep level. Like, I think it's about a lot more than just the conflict itself. And Mm -hmm. like your, you, your reaction to confrontation in general, like, it would be surprising to me if you were like, Oh, and in all other aspects of my life, I'm fine. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, my guess is that there's probably just some stuff that needs to be worked through there. And that's totally fine and totally valid. And so many people have untreated trauma. It is like a big issue. And like, one of the things that I'm really ha- hoping happens in the future is that like, we just look at life through a much more trauma informed lens. Mm-hmm. And we just like approach things through a much more trauma informed lens because that explains so much of human behavior in a way that people just don't understand. And that we don't link trauma only because I think sometimes people think, well, it wasn't traumatic. It wasn't that traumatic. Like we think I think we put so much weight on the word trauma when like your dad yelling at you like is, you know what I mean? I think people are I think people go, well, I wasn't beat up or something. You know what I mean? I think people have this not Paige maybe specifically, but I think people have this idea of like, mm-hmm. well, it wasn't that bad. And it's like, mm-hmm. that says that doesn't matter. Well, it was. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You don't need to compare traumas for things mm-hmm, to be traumatizing. Mm-hmm. And so I would say like, take five steps back, you know, go back to the root of it, like look into some stuff ab- about trauma and, and maybe do some work there. I don't know if you're in therapy. Therapy is wonderful, but it is also expensive and hard to access. So if you can, I would, I would say, see a therapist, the trauma therapist, But also there's like a lot of literature out there, you know, bibliotherapy. The book I'm reading in my trauma class is called Thriving in the Wake of Trauma, a Multicultural Guide by Thelma Bryant Davis. You know, so just maybe I I would approach it from that lens versus like looking up how to deal with conflict, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense, Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that that's maybe where that this stuff is maybe more coming from. But now we can shift more to. I'm somebody who just doesn't deal well with conflict in general, whether or mm-hmm. not it is a healthy, reasonable, conflict, reasonable mm-hmm. conflict. Because mm-hmm. um, I think those are two different things. So we had a lot of people when we did the episode with Angela Tucker uh, mm-hmm. about adoption. And uh, when we started doing hypotheticals and Angela said that she actually didn't want to do hypotheticals in the way that we had started to do them. We immediately were like, oh, my God, we're so sorry. You know, we, we talked it out with her. 
And there were people who responded to that episode by saying they really liked that. And there were other people that were, were saying they did really like it, but they don't any sort of conflict makes them super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. There were people that were like, oh, my God, I was like dying, cringing. Like, I'm so glad you left it in. But I was like, so I can't even believe you guys left that in and dealt with the conflict of it and like published that. Like people were like so, so, so intense about oh, it. I, I sobbed in my kitchen after that episode. You did? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. What goes through your mind with that? Like, if you have, you know, that kind of sensitivity to it, what what goes through your mind? That was a complex episode because we also talked about trust in that episode. Mm-hmm. And so I think I, on the one hand, I felt so fucking terrible that I had made her feel bad. Mm. So I think I felt really terrible that I had just made this wonderful person feel bad and that I had fucked up. Okay. And so... I felt really bad about that. And then I think that it also just brought up things about our relationship. At that point, we hadn't resolved yet. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like a lot for me. Mm-hmm. And then also clearly it was like a few months before Jake left. And I think there were things going on that I wasn't ready to fully accept. Or do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you notice in that episode, I didn't say that I trusted him. Yes, I remember that. I remember that. Woo! Um, I remember that. So I, I don't handle conflict well. That's the yeah. thing. I think one of the things that has really helped me deal with conflict is accepting that the idea that I can get through life being perfect and never making mistakes is unrealistic. Yeah, absolutely. And so for me, it's much more about like, I give myself the grace to fuck up. Mm -hmm. and allowing myself that grace, even though the conflict feels bad and even though someone calling me out feels bad, Mm -hmm. I can then say, well, that happens. (laughs) You know, like, I'm going to make mistakes. I actually, you know, I had, this is like somewhat related, but like, so with my book coming out, the title was originally Crazy For You, right? Mm -hmm. Crazy For You, Dating With, anxiety, OCD, and depression. Mm -hmm. And when I originally pitched it to my agent, she was like, love this concept. I think the title is a problem. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's a very good pun. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, yeah, but people might not like you using the term crazy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I can use the term crazy because I felt crazy. And mm-hmm. it's me reclaiming the word. Mm-hmm. She was like, okay. And then when I sold the book to my editor, mm-hmm. to the publishing house, they were like, we love this book. We think you should change the title. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I said all the same reasons. I was like, I'm reclaiming the word. I can do whatever I, you know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever, like it make it's a really clever title. Like I think it, it like will catch people's attention. I'm saying it for me, you know, and, and they were like, okay, okay. Just make sure that like you include like an explanation of what you're do- doing with the title in the introduction of the book. So people understand, right. And books take a long time. Mm-hmm. And so in this last few weeks, I have been thinking about things, honestly, since the Alice Wong episode, so a couple months now, about words and their usage. And and I've realized that I don't want to be using the words crazy, nuts, uh, psycho, psychotic in my vernacular anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was thinking to myself and I was like, so if I'm not using those words in my own vernacular anymore, obviously I still fuck up and I say them all the time just out mm-hmm. of habit, but it's something I'm, I'm training myself to do. How am I going to feel in over a year when this book comes out? Mm-hmm. And also, I've like poured my entire heart and soul into this book and shared like the most vulnerable parts of myself in this thing. And to then have it potentially face backlash because of one yeah. word. Yeah. So like yesterday, I emailed my editor and was like, you were right. We got to change the title. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like at the beginning when they had those confrontations and when they told me I was wrong, I couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to see it. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't ready to see it. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I even talked to you about it. And I was like, isn't that bananas? Like, don't yeah. they understand? Like, who's not going to pick up the book because of that? Like, mm-hmm, if they're mm-hmm. not going to pick up the book just because of that one word, then they're not even going to like the book anyway. You know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. we had conversations about that. And it's so interesting that just like sometimes you're ready for the confrontation. Sometimes you're not ready for the mm-hmm. confrontation. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm retitling the book. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there is something to do with like age and maturity that mm-hmm. kind of comes with how you handle confrontation and a level of accepting, like being able to understand that it's not always personal mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. able to separate that. Like sometimes it's it's not like an attack on your character and who you are as a person mm-hmm. so much as yeah. like, in this case, it's like, that was just a bad title for this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think you also really have to know yourself because like, with conflict, sometimes you're you're right. <laughs> like, yeah. sometimes you are right. And, mm-hmm. like, I think, like, it's interesting. Mal is very, Mal and I are very different. And Mal is very easy to believe they are wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've really talked to them where, like, like, they've had exes who have been like, you, you are this, you are that, you are this. And Mal, like, I think, like, an ex of Mal's could have been like, Mal, you're a serial killer. And Mal would have been like, well, let me take a second and think if I'm a serial killer. <laughs> like they like would truly believe these things that I would go. That is just not true about you. Mm-hmm. And so like because it was conflict, because it was a confrontation, Mal was like, well, they're confronting me about this. So it must be true about me. You have to know when to fold them, like you mm-hmm. said, and know when to hold them. Mm-hmm. And it's not personal. You have to take into account like what's going on for other people. And your the, instance, the broader context. Yeah. What's going on for other people is you took that into account and you said, I want to care about these other people. And in those situations, like, you know, you could be like, well, like they wanted to change the title of the Bad With Money book. And I held and I was mm-hmm. like, no. And I have a completely different reaction to conflict than you did. A lot of times I feel like, oh, thanks. Like with Angela's episode, I was a little confused about the people listening who were like, felt like it was hard because I was like, this is good. Like, I was like, this is good. This is going to change how we do hypotheticals. This is really good to know. I'm glad I was like, so glad she said something. Mm-hmm. I was so glad oh, that I she was glad that she said something. No, no, no. But I mean, yes, I to- I know exactly what you're, you're like. You, yes, you, and it was more towards you than it was towards me. So, like, I totally get it. I and and I know that's not what you're saying. Here's where I think conflict is good, right? I'm glad she said something. I'm glad she told us. I'm glad she felt like she could tell us. I'm glad that we left it in. I'm glad that we responded to it the way that we did. I'm glad that like I'm glad that that conflict happened. I think sometimes people are so conflict averse in in direct communication with someone like there's a world in which she hopped off that call with us and then posted on Instagram that we were awful. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like and I think that 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 is more normalized than actually just in the moment or actually just to the person having the conflict because that's too scary. I think another big component is I think that people often think if something makes you emotional, it is a negative experience. Correct. And so conflict will often make you emotional, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that it is often bad. It is always bad. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it can make you. So in that case, I felt incredibly emotional after that mm-hmm. confrontation but I'm better for it and the mm-hmm. show is better for it. And mm-hmm. I'm still very glad that it happened. Mm-hmm. And it is scary to confront people. And it, and when someone confronts you and maybe and they're calling you out and they're saying, this thing you've done has hurt me. Mm-hmm. This is something I would like to change in our relationship. This is something I don't like about your work. It's going to feel yucky, but it's ultimately going to be better. It's going to enhance your life. You have to just, again, like we always say, you've just got to push through that moment of that emotion. And recognize maybe you're feeling emotional because you're feeling a shift, because you're feeling that discomfort because something is important. You're recognizing that something is changing. You're recognizing that something big is happening and any sort of shift is going to cause emotion. And to switch from I'm so sorry to thank you for telling me that Mm -hmm. because I'm so sorry centers you. Mm -hmm. But to say thank you for telling me that because when Mal and I first started dating, I was not perfect 
on the trans stuff for sure. And there were like two notable slip ups. And in those slip ups, the, the second one, I started crying. And then I said, because I had hurt them, right? They switched to comforting me. And I was like, no, no. And I like went into another room to cry to, because I was like, absolutely not. Like, this is not going to be a situation where at the time the trans person is comforting the cis person who's crying. No, 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 no. And so I was like, I have to deal with this on my own. Like, thank you for saying that to me and feeling comfortable enough to say that to me. I Now I have to go do this on my own. Mm-hmm. And even like, you know, so rather than being like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Oh my God, please forgive me. I'm not a bad person, whatever. I had to like reconfigure it to like, mm, this is about Mal. This should not become them comforting me. And even like my sister just, just talked to me about something where I had to do the same thing of like, thank you for saying something because as siblings, you take each other for granted and you don't often confront each other with stuff. I think I handle conflict well, but I think I have the opposite problem where sometimes I invite it when I don't need to. What do you mean? I have gotten better, but sometimes I want to fight and I'll like go towards things or go into things. A conflict will start and I'll be like, ooh, conflict has started. Time to throw gasoline on this fire. (laughs) I'm getting something from it. Like in times where I've been in conflict, where I, I feel like I can't stop and I'm like doing conflict, uh, sometimes I'll be shaking, but it, but I'll feel, I feel like I'm getting like an adrenaline high. Mm. I feel like I'm getting a rush from the conflict. There, there was someone on Twitter who absolutely deserved it, but I got into an, a thing with them where I told them to fuck off and I felt great. <laughs> I felt so good. I was like riding high. I was walking around like just like, feeling good. Um, But my hands were shaking. Yeah. I think sometimes an addiction to conflict that I have to sort of pull back on. I think, again, it's that thing of checking in with yourself. It's Mm -hmm. the constantly checking in with yourself. It's thinking, what is the motivation here? Where is this Mm -hmm. coming from? And then the biggest thing is, what is the end result of this conflict? Mm -hmm. Is the end result going to be that the relationship is going to be improved? Correct. And if it is, then that conflict was worth it, you know? And if you're seeing that there was the possibility for the relationship to be improved, but instead you took the conflict personally and made it about an attack on your person. It's really often not. And it's not. And so that's what you got to really look out for is like, you know, if there was an opportunity for things to get better, but instead you got caught up in the, just the conflict, like the idea of conflict itself. Yeah. Then, you know, that's something to really keep in mind and to it does not mean you're unworthy it does not mean you don't deserve to live it does like allison said everybody makes mistakes i think hannah montana also said that (laughs) and a lot of you know and when it's with someone that's important to you a lot of times it probably took them a lot of Mm -hmm. of courage to bring that up Mm -hmm. and so instead of feeling attacked obviously depending on how the person brought it up but if they brought it up to you in a thoughtful and respectful manner if anything, that just shows how much they value your, their relationship with you, mm-hmm. where they put themselves in that in that situation of, of bringing up conflict because mm-hmm. that's how much they value you. Mm-hmm. So it's like a very kind of important reframe to have, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Versus like they hate me so much they brought this up. It's really, oh, they care about our relationship so much that they brought this up so that it wouldn't permanently damage what we have. Yes. I also love what you just said about what is this actually about? I completely Mal brought up something that I had like fought so hard on yesterday. And I was like, I did. And Mal was like, yeah, you like didn't want me to watch this movie. You were like really intense about it. And I was like, huh. And then I had to think like, why? Why did I do that? And then it was like, oh, because it had a plot line that reminded me of Mal's ex. (laughs) And I was like, that was really not ever about the movie. And Mal was like, love to find that out three months later. So be aware of that in yourself <laughs> and give yourself the grace to fuck up. Mm-hmm. It's okay to fuck up. It's okay to be wrong. What's not okay is to completely shut down mm-hmm. and to push people away because they have they have seen you mess up. Yes. That's, yes, 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 yes. That's where you're going to start destroying stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not the mess up itself. It's how you deal with the fallout. Mm-hmm. So That was good, Allison. 
Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Hopefully that helped. If you want to submit your international question, please send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. Up next, we're going to be talking about love at first sight and Melissa's going to join us. Ooh. Ooh. Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for Topics! X, 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 baby! 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 Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk about love at first sight. Also, Melissa's here. Hi, Melissa. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> Melissa's our producer, if you're new here. Um, she produces every single podcast ever made. Pretty much. <laughs> so, okay. So I want to talk about this because <laughs> it's not real. Okay. Lay it on me. Thank you. I hate when people are like, my grandparents met. And they knew, they went to like one fucking dance or whatever, and they fell in love, and they got married, and they knew in three days. Let That's different to me than love at first sight. No, mm-hmm. but let me tell you something. That woman had no opportunities. That woman needed to get married in order to like have any chance at a future at that point. So do I think she liked your grandpa? Yeah, maybe. But I don't think that should be the barometer for... If you if you are in a relationship, I think it fucks people up because they think like, well, if I didn't have that feeling right away, then that's not the person for me. Okay, so I think we have a completely different concept of love at first sight. What do you think love at first sight? I think it's lust at first sight. But what do you one hundred percent agree with? What do you think love at first sight is? I thought love at first sight meant that like it was before you even spoke to somebody. Okay, yeah. So let's say yeah. I truly think that after three days, you could know if that could be your forever person. I but, agree you with that. but you because can't. But you can't. I I think I think that so much of of love is choice, mm-hmm. and so I think that you can determine after three days whether or not you have enough basic compatibility to then make it be a lifelong partnership. But not. But you don't believe but, in like if I just saw you at the coffee shop and was like, "This is the one for me." No. Okay. I, I think you have to communicate with them. <laughs> but also with like this lifelong partnership, are you talking about just like lifelong partnership? Or are you talking about actual love? Like this um, is somebody that you can make ooh. things work with or is it actual love? Actual love. Okay. But like a realistic love. Do you know what I mean? Like um, that you like, could get there. Not that you're in love after three yes. days. Correct. Okay. okay. That's, yeah. that's what I, I meant. Yeah. Yeah. This is someone that has the characteristics that that I could fall in love with, but you're not. You love the idea of the future that you could possibly have. Yeah. Yeah. But also there's components, right? I think you have to know yourself well enough. Yeah. So there's Mm. some people that know themselves well and some people that don't. Mm -hmm. But I think I think two 45 year old people who know themselves well could meet and within 24 hours know whether or not they're compatible. But that's not first sight. Right. So. Here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I I saw Mal uh-huh. at their uh, music video shoot. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> but that narrative is very convenient because we did end up together. Mm-hmm. But like, I, how many other people have I seen in the world and been like, ooh, you know? Yeah. But I didn't know them. They didn't know themselves. I didn't know myself. I, they didn't know me. They did not feel that way about me. They met me and were like, I actually don't like this person. <laughs> like it was like an, a- an actual like active dislike. And I was like, oh my God, I think they're so cute. I really like them. Oh, you mean Mal had an active dislike towards you? Mal did not like me. Yeah. From the That's jump. one of the things I respect most about Mal. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I think that the way that you present yourself to people, especially back then. Yeah. Is off-putting in a certain way yeah where i think that if someone had been attracted to that they wouldn't have been a good long-term partner for you yeah mal had does that make sense yes 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 mal has said that they had the complete wrong idea of me Mm -hmm. they met me they thought i was they they had gotten bits and pieces of what about my life but it was wrong so they thought that i was a rich person from boston they Mm -hmm. thought that my family was wealthy and that i was Mm -hmm. from the northeast they thought that and then they thought that this whole like arrogant influencer thing was real. Mm-hmm. So they had no concept that like I was, you know, I come 
from a different background than that. They had no concept that I was sadly from Florida. Sorry to Florida. Uh, you know, because you put on a facade. So anybody who would be interested in that facade wouldn't actually be right for who you really are. Yeah, because they don't know you at all. They're just right. They had just like known the persona that you created. Mm-hmm. Oh, the word that they have they had used with fr- other people, mutual people prior was annoying, which <laughs> I was like, honestly, yeah. Um, and that's it. That's a cover. That's like, so that I don't get hurt. Right. I'm annoying first. So you can't think that I'm annoying. How does that work? We don't know. But, or if you do think I'm annoying, I can go, well, good. I wanted them to think that. So or that's not the real me. They don't actually know me. Correct. So I'm annoying in a different way, privately, baby. Uh, (laughs) So I, so they did not like me at the jump and I, but I really liked them. But I had also the wrong idea of them. Mm-hmm. I thought that they were, uh, because they were a musician, I thought that they were a player. I thought that they were a heartbreaker. I thought that they were like, like a, you know, a, a person who was like, you know, gonna not commit because of, you know, these sort of like Lothario type things when it actually was they didn't want to commit because of fear and insecurity. But I, so like I, quote unquote, we could spin this whole tale of like I fell in love with them at first sight I knew right away but I didn't know them and also like it's like a convenient yes I did have a crush on them this whole time but I was dating other people I thought I was gonna marry these other people like I think we could very easily like you know put on our fucking wedding website like we fell in love at first sight and I'm saying this because I have two friends from college that have they did this wedding website this was years ago but it's bothered me for years (laughs) they did this wedding website where they were like so and so and so and so let me give them fake names okay like mandy and and joe met and they knew right away and they fell in love and they were they blah 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 and it was like they they were meant to be and that was the whole like spiel on the wedding website right i was there she had a fully different boyfriend who she was obsessed with and thought she was going to marry. He dumped her. She wanted to die. And then he was like her friend the whole time. And then she just said, I don't know, this guy's here. Fine. And they started dating and now they're married with kids. And I'm sure she's happy. But the whole love at first sight spiel they put on the website, I was like, bitch, I was there. That yeah. is actually not true. So what is up with that? People like to spin stories. Yeah, people like to have that like romantic story that they tell their children. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. And I think that that creates unrealistic expectations for the future and for their Mm -hmm. children. What were you saying about lust at first sight, Melissa? Yeah, I believe that I have gotten very uh, lustful or aroused by different (laughs) men that I have seen come along. And then I get to know them and I'm like, nope, that's not it. Or even if I speak to them for like two seconds, you can build up this like idea and Mm -hmm. like scenarios and like, this is what my future will be. And then you just, you can talk to them for two seconds and know that that's not Mm -hmm. anything that you want to be associated with. Mm -hmm. Have you ever found someone like not that attractive and then grown more attractive to them once you talk to them? No. Are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) That happens to me all the time. That happens to me all the time. That doesn't happen to you? I, I, it's, I'm weird. I just like, I think it's people is that way too. It's a range. Yeah. I have a range. I have to like, yeah, like I have to be physically attracted to somebody for it to even get past I can become physically attracted to someone based on their personality. If I'm yeah. not initially, I have to have a certain base level. There has to be like, yeah. I can be like, I, I can be like, could go either way, mm-hmm. but I can't start from a place of no. Yes, I, think. I can. Exactly. I I'm can. the same way. It, yeah. it has to be like, I have to have some type of initial attraction and it can go, I can get to know them and they can plummet. Like I could uh-huh. just think they're the most disgusting person ever. But Uh then like it can, you know, increase. And usually I think once you like get to know someone and you actually like them, it's going to increase. Yeah, regardless. And that's the thing I really remind myself a lot of is like, you know, if someone is like you find them like kind of attractive Mm -hmm. to remember that, like 
if you end up falling in love with them, you're going to find them like really attractive. Right. Yeah. Which is really cool. I mm-hmm. think <laughs> the people I've been like maniacally drawn to, like been like, I am in love with you just like from talking to you one time or seeing you or whatever, like are are object. I mean, I have a type, but like objectively not, not like what you would think is like a hot. Like I, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree with that. You do? Yeah, because I think it's it tends to be I disagree with that. Okay. I there have been some instances where I've been like so head over heels in lust with someone and then I've looked back and been like, why? <laughs> what I mean, what I was think that? a lot of us have that kind of thing uh, too. And there's been people too, but then uh, other there's been other people Two notable ex-boyfriends, the first time I saw each of them, I had a thought along the lines of, ooh, that's unfortunate. And then I dated those people and was like madly in love with them. Mm. So one of them I was wearing like a had been Freddie Mercury for Halloween. And so was where had been after Halloween, kept wearing the yellow jacket from it. And I was like, I saw them around school and I was like, what's that fucking stupid ass jacket? Like that person sucks. And then I dated them for like three years. Like that's, that's weird. I think there's like two things. I think there's lust and I think there's chemistry. Yeah. Ah, so I think that there is like that thing of like the the physical attraction that you can have with somebody. And then there's that element of like, you talk to them and immediately it feels like you've known them chemistry. a long time. Mm-hmm. Totally. And then when you hit that, then that can That means spark. something. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Because like, Looks will fade, but that mm-hmm. chemistry that that's harder to lose. Totally. Um, so that's like that when you find that with someone, that's really exciting. Yeah. I feel like that's like that's why like when you just see someone you haven't talked to them, that sort of love at first sight. It's like I I don't think yeah that's not real. But I don't yeah, know. We'll probably like get people writing and be like rah, rah, rah. yeah. We'll probably get people writing in saying that we're wrong. But like also two different people I've dated. I saw them do on stage doing stand up and I haven't I didn't hadn't talked to them. And I was like, I'm in love with you. But, but like even counts. from the stand up, like you've heard them talk, you exactly. know a little bit about their life. That's giving you more insight. It's that I think love at first sight is literally like you see them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, and they haven't said one word to you. The guy I'm dating, like our hinge conversation, it was just like effortless. In this Mm -hmm. way that like the other conversations were just not, you know, Mm -hmm. and I remember being like, oh, well, this is just because he's very good at hinge conversation. (laughs) You know, like I just thought that like he was good at this. And so I like asked him, I was like, oh, so like, were you just like, oh, are you just like very easy to talk? Not I didn't ask him right away, but like recently I was like, oh, are you just like very easy to talk to, you know? And he was like, no, like until I talked to you, I thought I was terrible at dating. (laughs) (laughs) This is news to me because I didn't know you were talking to anyone. I didn't tell you? No. Oh, I thought that I had. Okay, well, offline, I'll tell you some more. (laughs) Yeah. Immediately, there was this element of like, it was just very easy to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And that's chemistry, you know? And like, that was even like before we even like FaceTimed and saw each other IRL or even over a screen, you know? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. that's the stuff I think you really got to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. That's like you're in line with someone at a a supermarket and like, it's just like easy conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's like, there's like this one guy that I have like very easy conversation with. And it's always been like that. Like we can talk for hours, but he has like no life amb- ambitions. And that's mm. such a turnoff. Yeah. Uh, you, It's whatever matters to you. It can really color how you see a person. And if mm-hmm. they if they spark that feeling in you. Yeah. But I also think love at first sight is hard because it's, people hold on to that. And then like nine months into the relationship when the sheen has worn off and the person is like doing bad behavior or it's just not working out, you go, well, it has to work out because it was love at first sight. And you're not doing mm-hmm. what Allison says, which is to take the, the relationship on the day it's happening. And you're just like holding out like, no, 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 we have to be here for the next like five years because even though it's not working out because of the moment that we saw each other it was mm-hmm. so magical. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, first of all, that was chemicals. And second of all, like you can't hold on to this high standard. Like if if in the beginning of the relationship, you're fucking all the time. And then by like year two, you're like, 
fucking a little bit less and you're like, the magic's gone. It's like, you can't, you cannot hold that same standard the whole fucking time. I remember that my mom and my sister both met their husbands in their senior year of college. Yeah. And I had a serious relationship with a guy I met my senior year of college. And my mom was like, Allison, you can't just stay with him because of that story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I just wanted the story of like all three of us had met our husbands our senior year of college. But like what matters more was like, what will my life look like? What is my day to day with this person, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think a lot of it, like you said, is the romantic story and this idea that we tell ourselves. But what really matters is like our daily happiness and our actual current connection with the person. Mm -hmm. Correct. Well, that's all I wanted to say. I had a lot of anger. Yeah, and, you, um, had, you were riled up. Was yeah, it, that, th- this that, all stemmed from those people that you knew? That had a wedding website years ago? Yeah, I really, I, <laughs> <laughs> it really annoyed me and it sticks in my crawl. In your crawl. It does. I think about it all I've the time. I've never heard like, that. I that. see them on Instagram and I go, this is a lie. <laughs> Well, maybe it's the lie that they created that they are now fulfilling. Sometimes yeah. you can create I that. Know, and I'm sometimes not you can say. create that fantasy, and then it and becomes they're perfectly a truth. happy. I don't yeah. know why I'm an asshole, but I just was like, <gasps> I was there. <laughs> anyway, maybe they truly misremembered. Mm-hmm. Maybe no, was it she, love at first mm, sight for him? Mm, yeah, probably. Yeah, so her. they're just telling his side of the story. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. It, <they're>, it's fine. <laughs> I have a lot of... I, I, one day I'll tell my other grudge against the same girl, but not today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what did we rate this episode? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I rate it um, 11 out of 10. Uh, Allison got the vaccine. Yeah. I rate it uh, 18 out of... Five fuck-ups. Ooh. That's a high rating. I love it. And I will rate it seven out of three Gabby's riled. (laughs) 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 Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you come back on Friday when we'll be joined by Megan McNamara asking some tough questions about natural birth control menstruation and uh, cervical goop i'm not i can't remember the correct term cervical mucus yes juices cervical juices (laughs) (laughs) just between us is a forever dog production hosted by me allison raskin and me gabby dunn produced by melissa demonts executive produced by brett boehm joe cilio and alex ramsey brendan burns composed our killer theme music to listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam or youtube.com slash show. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Also, please leave Apple reviews. If you go to Apple and you listen on Apple, please leave a review, a five-star review. Please, um, you don't have to write that much, but reviews really, really help. And if you love us, you will please, please do it. We sometimes read them on the show, uh, but we love them and we need more. And please, 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 please. Forever. <laughs>